Let's talk about my new weekly challenges. Whether you have 200 followers or 200K followers, we all have the same dilemmas. How to continue feeling inspired within your niche, how to make your community feel connected, and how to do it all with your busy schedule. For only $4 a month, I'll be sending the same advice I provide my all-influence management clients straight to your phone. Head to the show notes to sign up before this upcoming Wednesday to be included in our next challenge. Welcome to Brand Meet Creator Podcast with me, Harley Jordan, and Sonia Elise. A place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry. So pull up a chair and grab a notebook. It's time to shed some light on the ever-changing Instaverse. Welcome to another episode of Brand Meet Creator. Today we have Lauren Hale here. She is a self-taught makeup artist specializing in teaching women over the age of 40 how to use and apply makeup for their changing skin. Lauren thoroughly enjoys helping women learn to love the skin they're in. She's been featured on Good Morning America, The Sun, The New York Post, all for her makeup tips, as well as having a huge viral glow up from 20K to 182K followers on Instagram within a matter of months and a booming social selling business. So let's jump into what her secrets are, how she managed this viral growth, and the lessons she's learned along the way. Welcome to Brand Meet Creator, Lauren. I'm so excited to have you here as an all-influence management client, as an all-influence alum. (laughs) We've become quick friends in the past couple of months. And you know what blows me away? Your fame and your Instagram glow-up story, the virility that you've seen, and how you've really managed it. So Tell me a little bit about how you even started on Instagram. What made you say, I need to start posting right now? Oh my gosh. It's such a crazy story because I mean, I, so I started when I was 39, so I'm 41 right now. So it's taken about two and a half years to get where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had no social media experience, like nothing like zilch. I had 300 followers and it was a private page when I started and I was a teacher. So I was teaching kindergarten Seriously, when uh-huh. I say zero experience, zero experience, obviously. like I love that. I love that. It's like my belief that I tell everyone, if I can do this, you can do it. Because it really takes <laughs> tenacity and it takes resilience. Like that's really what it is. But um, so I just decided like I wanted something different. I had been stuck in teaching. Teaching, as many of us know, does not pay well. Um, mm-hmm. and, I was, and I'm always been that person that loves being their own boss. And I love having my own schedule. Um, mm-hmm. With three kids, it kind of just was one of those things with teaching. I didn't have time to be around like and be a mom at the same time. So, right. and I was making like zero money teaching and I loved it, <laughs> but it was taking like really a large part of my life out of my life, if that makes yeah. sense. So I decided, um, there's a, there's a trend that's going around that so reminds me of that. It's like, let's, let's talk trends that you don't know. <laughs> there's a trend. <laughs> there's a trend that's like POV. Um, I left my dream, dream job and now I'm doing X, Y, and Z and like actually living the dream. And I feel like that's so, yeah. so is exactly what you went through. Like teaching was your passion and you loved it. And it just became this thing that was a burden. Yeah. A hundred percent. I should do that real. Now I know a trend. You should. <laughs> Send it my way. Uh, by the time I get on it, it'll be over. It's fine. Uh, 
Yes, it was totally that. It was like, and I and I'm really a big believer in like you can start over at no matter what age you are because right. I think that if you are tired of your life, like I know that sounds horrible to say, but when you're like really tired of something, it's always okay to pivot. And yeah. for me, I've always been that makeup junkie. Like I remember mm-hmm. back in, like I was a stay at home mom for years and I loved watching YouTube, you know, like the dupes where you're like, uh-huh. I can get like this dupe for this expensive product. And I would go to the drugstore and I would like literally try every dupe you could possibly everything. Yeah. And I was telling my friends, I was always like that person that was like, Oh my gosh, have you tried this and this? And they'd be like, you are nuts. But literally that's what I, I love that kind of stuff. And so when I hit about 39, I was like so tired. My skin was changing so much and I was starting uh-huh. to feel like that mature skin kind of coming on, which sounds crazy at 39, but it happens. And I found a makeup that I loved and there was an opportunity to make money uh, selling it. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? Right. I'll just like, I'll just try it. I'll just try it. I've never sold anything in my life. Never sold anything. Yeah. And I just decided to do it. It was literally on a whim. It was right before COVID. And I I jumped on. And literally, mm-hmm. since then, I've taught myself literally everything. It was good timing. It was really good timing. And obviously, it was like December. And so COVID hit, what was that, like March 2020? Mm-hmm. March. Yeah. Yeah. So it literally like... When did you... When did you quit your job? So I actually kept teaching for another year after that. So I taught through COVID. Mm-hmm. And that's what really burned me out because it was just a lot. Masks sure. and everything mm-hmm. else, you know? So and teaching little kindergartners with that was really hard. Right. <laughs> so it was right. really big burnout time for me. So I actually kindergartners that are already like herding cats. Oh, totally. And, and then you now yeah, like now you have stuff in yeah, it was a lot. And right. so I taught throughout that year. And so this is actually my second, I'm going on like a year and a half of not teaching. So I did work both jobs for a while. What was your point of it's time to quit and lean in fully. Had you fully replaced your income with Saint, with the makeup company? No. No, I hadn't. So I actually was so burned out from teaching. I was like, I was literally like rock bottom. Like, I can't do all this. Like, I'm an overachiever in general. Mm-hmm. I am that one that will work 24 hours if I could a day. Like, I love working, but it was just too much. My husband works 70 hours a week. So it's like single mom a lot. And I yeah. was like, I can't do this. And I literally just took a leap of faith. I've always believed in abundance. Mm-hmm. It's a huge thing for me is like, you can do anything. Like, I just truly believe that the universe right. gives that to you. And so I just decided I'm going to just try it. And the worst thing that can happen is I fail and I suck. And then I can go back to teaching. It's always going to be there because people need right. Things, right? Like, it can <laughs> hurt. I didn't need my... I, Especially if they keep quitting. It's <laughs> all the burnout that everybody's seeing. There's all the Right. And my husband with his income, I was lucky. I wasn't like, I was a sole provider. So it just was right. that he encouraged me. He's like, just do it. And so I did. And then now, I mean, my income is, I'm one of the top sellers in Saint now, which has been insane. I know. And I've, I've used your account as an example for a couple of other uh, girls within network marketing. And every time, every time they're like, oh, I know her. Oh. I know of her already. I, I know how much she sells. And I'm like, mm. Yep, hair flip. She's the coolest. So I wanna I wanna talk more about this because network marketing gets such a bad rep. It does. And number one, I think you've done it really well and you've treated it like an affiliate instead of your whole brand. And I think that that is the biggest thing 
that you need to do if you are a network marketer is you are not your company. No. You are just repping them. That you are the influencer of their yes. company. A hundred percent. And I, that's what I see a lot of people go wrong with, right? It's like, what, so when I signed right. up for, for a direct marketing company, I was really nervous. I was like, first of all, I'm from a small town. I thought, what are people going to think of me? Mm-hmm. Because there's just this faux pas about it. Right. And from day one, I was like, I'm not Saint. I'm not Saint. And Saint is really a cool yeah. company in the fact that they don't want you to be that. But I see so many girls, mm-hmm. like that's all they are. So and I see that with every company, like that is direct marketing. A lot of girls, it's like who they are. So if you go to their page, you're like, okay, like who are you as a person? And I feel like right to that that oh I yes. can't don't want to follow because you're not a product. You're not your company. Yeah, yeah. You're not a product. You didn't make the product. No, you didn't. And it's funny. I mean, I have I have followers that think I've made the product. I'm very transparent. I'm like, you know, I did not. <laughs> I didn't you make know, product. I, I would have thought of it, but you know, late, a little late. I am not a chemist here. <laughs> but I think that's the thing is you're not your product and people trust you. So if you can show who you are mm-hmm. and you can be a really honest person, I'm always very honest. I am not going to tell you something that I just want to sell you. I'm going to literally say, mm-hmm. I do not like this product. Even though it's by my company, I wouldn't put it on my face mm-hmm. without I tell you. And I think that's one thing I noticed with a lot of um, direct sellers. Like they're very like this, this, you know, this, um, this drink is amazing. Like it tastes so good. I get it. And I want to vomit. Like, it's not good. Like be honest. <laughs> what you're talking. About. Well, you just lose. Yeah. You lose trust in that second. Like that second it's down the drain because, and I think that endless gushing is such a, it's something that people are tired of at this point. They see it. They see right through the marketing and they're like, no, you're endlessly gushing. That's not, that's not real. Exactly. And I think too, like reaching like we've talked about this is a lot of times they reach into your inbox without even talking to you, without even following you, without mm-hmm. those things. It's like, Hey, try my clothes. And I'm like, I don't know you. You don't even follow me. And I think that's where we get such a bad bad rap with social selling. And so I just really prided myself on not being that way. It's like, what value can I add? I think if people were really focused mm-hmm. on value, they would see a lot more sales because they're not mm-hmm. just pushing their products all the time. Yes, I use my products, but I always say in my videos, you can use anything to do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So, right. Here's the one that I like, but yeah, yeah. And like, you can use another. It's even like yesterday, right? Like I had two moisturizers. One was Saint. One was Peach and Lily. I love them both, but I'm going to be transparent. Like, here you mm-hmm. go. Which one would you want to try? And I think that that's an important thing to always be showing, especially in the makeup world, because one makeup's not going to work for everyone. Oh, a thousand percent. So let's let's talk about your niche right now, your mature skin category. How did you did you start with mature skin? Yeah. Oh, I know you started with mature skin, but did you start in? <laughs> in that area or was there a moment where you were like nope this is this is where I need to go this is where I need to pivot okay so that's a funny story so I think it's something that's a really good thing to talk about because when people start on social media it's it's all about the niche right and I hated that word it's kind of like trends for me I just am like what does that really mean yeah like what is a niche right like so I remember thinking like what am I good at well I I wasn't I don't know what I'm good at. Most people answer that. (laughs) I don't know what I'm good at unless you like are crocheting or something and you're like super artistic. Right. None of those things. Right. So I started with talking about like uh, skills that you can teach your young children because I was. Mm. Yeah. So I started doing that. I saw no results, like nothing. Like my account was like, okay, it's like my 
kindergarten parents were following me at the time. And it was like, okay. And I was adding value, but it wasn't the audience that I was trying to talk to. So then I, Uh, I relate to this so much. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Because when I started, I actually started talking about fitness because that's what my degree was in. And every time I talked to someone about it, they'd be like, your fitness content is so good. You should do fitness, fitness, fitness. And I'm like, I hate it. I don't want to, I don't want to, I can't do it. Yes. I didn't want to talk about it anymore. I was like, I'm teaching all day long. I don't want to go teach my hacks. Yeah. No more. No, it was overwhelmed. So I, yes, a hundred percent. That's how I felt the same way. And it just wasn't enjoyable. And I think that's where a niche is a problem because people look at Mm -hmm. a niche and they're like, Oh, I guess I'm good at that. So I should just talk about that. And a niche isn't always what you enjoy to talk about, right? Like, honestly, (laughs) but, but at the same time, a niche is what you're good at. And I think that that's something that's hard with, I I try to teach girls that all the time on my own team. And it's, it's hard to find what you're passionate about. Finally, Um, I moved to, it is, I moved to talking about moms with teenagers next. And mm-hmm. that, that didn't go well because literally my, te- <laughs> my teens are like, we don't want to be on your videos and right. coming up with content was really hard. And then I was having like teenage girls sending me color matches when their parents had no clue. It was not good <laughs> at oh, all. No. So my market was, oh, bad. No. It was not good. Um, and then I started growing about 18 months ago. I started growing. I hit about 20,000 followers. And I was like, yes, I have made it, right? Like 20,000, it's all uphill, right? And after that, I went to a conference for St. And one of my best friends, she's um, in St. with me. She's my upline. She was like, Lauren, you are so good at teaching. Like use your ability to teach and talk about mature skin. No one is doing it in the market right now. And I'm so thankful for her because I had never thought about that. I love that you just said that because I think that a lot of the time when it comes to building out this cohesive fluid niche because you know lifestyle isn't your niche but also the thing you don't like (laughs) and the thing that you're not passionate about also isn't your niche yeah um those it's really important to take those hard skills and relate it back to what soft skill relates to it you know like you don't need to teach kids but you're really good at teaching so why don't we teach something else yes Yes. There's there's a roundabout here. There is. And I do think there's something to playing around with a lot of different things, right? Because not mm-hmm. have one thing you're good at. No individual does. They have a lot of things they're good at. But you almost have to play around with it to find... First of all, I think you have to play around with it to become comfortable on camera. But you also have to... A thousand percent. Right? Because there's so many times... Like I remember jumping into reels being like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to do it. And then the more and more you do it, it's like anything. You perfect it. And we're always perfecting it but you get more comfortable. It's just like going live. Like you have to do it over and over and over to finally be like, okay, I can, I can do this. Right. Right. And so, yeah. So that was the thing. Like she was like, just do mature skin. And I was like, I don't even know. And she's like, just talk about what you're dealing with. And so I started last November, I started posting two times a day, which I'm not saying go Mm -hmm. two times a day. We've talked about this. This is the overachiever. Never. No, I know you're like, Lauren, less is more. But I was was like, no, I am like, when I commit, I'm like, I'm committing. And I am, I've always been like this. Yeah. Always been an overachiever. But um, so I just started like leaning into that. And I researched. I'm a researcher like crazy. So I was like, I'm going to just learn everything. And um, my account just took off. Like I had by, by, let's say, March. I had a video go viral and it just like exploded from there. It was crazy. What was the, what was the first reel that went viral? It was, um, a, well, let's see. Oh, it was the one that was like makeup placement. No one had really done it. 
And I will mm. talk about makeup placement for aging skin because basically with makeup, right? Like we all know where to do things because there's a million people talking about it. But with aging skin, everything kind of like, unfortunately, gravity takes it down. And so I just did a really simple video. It had no talking in it. And it was just basically um, this really calm song. And I was just like putting um, makeup on my face in different places. Right. And I did a voiceover. So I did voiceover. I wasn't talking. I mean, like that. Um, mm-hmm. And it just took off. It was crazy. It was like, I felt like I had done it a million times before, but it was different. Like going back and actually looking now, it was a lot different. I think my confidence had grown though. I'm really big about that. Like, I really think the other part of it is, is you could have the most amazing comp- like content, but if you don't believe mm-hmm. who you are and you haven't done some kind of internal work, you're not going to go anywhere. Uh, yep. I fully agree. So I know that you recently have been on this journey of, you know, stepping back and dealing with a little bit of burnout in in this new career in life, in this new season and the perfectionism involved and all of that. Tell me tell me more about this experience of the last couple of months. Yeah, it's been crazy. So because I think your brain like I've really tried to explore it because I think your brain, when you take off, right. And you have this huge, like, I think it was 150,000 followers. I gained in a, like, it was a, like two weeks span. In no time. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. And no one can prepare for that, but you're on this high. It's like an adrenaline rush, right? Like you're like, Oh my yeah. gosh, like people notice me. People like me. This is amazing. Right. And then of course, with that comes other people remaking your content, you become dirty. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating, but it's the world we live in. I haven't had that in a while and there is nothing that bugs me more. Yeah, it's hard though because you have to almost pivot all the time. But I was on such an uphill like like turn that all of a sudden, um, you know, now it's like, okay, everyone's doing mature skin, like literally mature skin just right. took off. Um, and now it's it's kind of to a point where it's like, you know what, I'm, I just have to be okay. Like, it's not hurting me. It's not hurting my, like, maybe I'm getting lower views, but I am building a community of women. So I've really tried to almost turn it to, I'm building a community of women who I'm here serving versus how many likes, real views I'm getting, all of the things that we're just ingrained to look at because it's great when you're on a high, but Instagram's always a high and then a low, high and then a low. Yeah. To allow your moods. Especially with virility. Yes. Especially with virility, like watching the, that season of growth and massive growth for you, massive, massive growth, massive, massive views. And then you kind of ease back to normal and it's it's bound to happen. There's no way around it. But once you return to that normal engagement, you're like, wow, this is really low when in actuality it's not. It's not. And I think our brains just like we we train ourselves because you do. You have that so you have that high. Like, I mean, you can see why mm-hmm. celebrities get burned out. I'm not comparing myself to that, but you can see that, right? Like all of a sudden they're in this video or this movie and it's like, oh my gosh, they're the the greatest thing. And then all of a sudden they're gone, right? right? It's kind of that same thing right. with Instagram. Like people that, you know, go viral, they're like, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, I'm still human. I'm still here. This is normal. Like now I'm back to normal and you're still working just as hard as I work just as hard as I did when I had a thousand followers. Like, right. What's the most exhausting part of Instagram? The most exhausting part for me the most exhausting part is when my brain is not tuned in to be okay with low views and followers. I think comparison can be a huge thief of joy for me. 
Um, Mm -hmm. I have to, I literally don't scroll very often anymore, especially in my saint world, because it's, you can't No, it's a world of comparison. Like it's, it can be really hard. Like, oh my gosh, this person's just taking off and as happy as I am for them. I'm like, I'm still Mm -hmm. followers I've been for, you know, this long and why am I not growing? And then you just, but it's not about like their journey. It's about your journey. So you have to really stay in tune with that. So I think for me, that's what I'm currently working on. It's the scroll hole. Uh Uh-huh. It is. Yeah. And it's a waste. Yeah. Right. Like it's such a waste of time. What do you do? What do you do when all of a sudden it hits you and you have that anxiety and comparison in your brain? So I turn off my phone and I try to, and I, you literally turn it off. Yeah. And it doesn't last long because I'm not that person. (laughs) (laughs) But I do try to do some kind of mindset work right then and there. So I do a lot of journaling. Like I literally will write down like, what is triggering me? Why is this triggering me? Why is someone else's journey bothering me? Right. Right. And so I do a lot of like, I have a journal. I just actually went and got a new journal that has like, it's what's it called? It's something over perfection because I deal with perfection. I've just always been. Uh And um, so I've been journaling a lot with that. But what I do do that I find that works really well for me is because I am, I like to be creative. I will do, I will go and film reels without getting any inspiration. It's just like, it's already inside me. I already know. Right. I love that. (laughs) I love that. Because I, when I first started, I had the same thing. I, I would have one day a week where I would block off my calendar and I would literally just create my reels for the week. And there would be so much creativity and brightness and passion in that. And eventually I just stopped doing that because I was doing other things and had to scale up. And you know what? That was such a, that was such a mental thing. Yeah. That was such a positive incorporation is just being creative. Yeah. I think, I think cause when you shut off your phone and you don't look at what other people are doing that creative, the reason you're where you're at is you're, you are creative. Every human is creative. They just mm-hmm. figure out how they're creative. And I'm not a right. funny person. Like I tell you all the time, I'm like, dude, I wish I was more like you. Like I'm not funny. I, but I feel like I'm very relatable. And so for me, it's like, if I'm going through something, so let's say I'm going through comparison, I'm going to go film a reel about that. Because for me, mm-hmm. if I'm going through it, there's a puzzle piece that someone else is going needing, you know, like they're going through it too. And I, and I do think that over the age of 40 is just such a, I'm one of the older ones in Saint too. That's the other thing, right? Mm-hmm. I see these young girls and my skin isn't like theirs. I'll judge myself when I make videos, like all of those things. And then I realized like, Lauren, you're 41, like your skin, your skin's not like a 20 year old, like, what are you expecting? But when I can be creative and I can show my flaws and I can, and I can almost like get on a reel and do something like that. That's something a lot of people can't do. And that's a lot of people that people might, mm-hmm. things that my um, people my age are going through. It's not discussed. And so I really think the world needs mm-hmm. more of that. So me turning off my phone and really like addressing where I'm at in that moment, my reels turn out so good when I do that. What was the moment you had, you had a couple of these viral moments, you had quitting, but where was the moment where it just clicked into place and you were like, I've got this, this is the direction that I'm going. So do you want me to go kind of deep? I mean, I can I with this deep. question. Okay. If you love deep, I'm good at that. So I'm really transparent with my anxiety journey. So when I quit, um, I quit teaching because I was, I was having panic attacks. I just couldn't keep up. And, um, we were building a house at the time and we were in this tiny rental, like I'm 
five of us in less than 800 square feet. Wow. It was very stressful because I have got teenagers, everyone. It was just a lot. And so I was going through teaching. I was trying to build my business. We were building a house and just going through just all these different changes. And I am a very like routine person. So for me, it was like a lot of stress at that time. And I knew I had to take something off my plate. So when I took that off my plate, I then got into a lot of mindset work because I was at a really low place. Like, I remember finally my husband saying like, listen, I think, and he's in the medical profession. And he's like, I think you just need to go talk to somebody, you know? So I went, I ended up getting on anxiety medication, which I never thought I would. The perfectionist in me was like, I don't need that. I can, I can do it myself. I got this, <laughs> but I was like rock bottom low for me. And I, when your like, when your partner says something, you know, it's bad, you know, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. And he never, I mean, my Nick is so great. We're best friends. So for me, it was like, he finally was like, listen, like, cause I remember crying. Like I was just crying. I was in rock bottom. Like just, I was that person that could not express their feelings, their emotions. If I cried, I was weak. And, um, he just said, you know what? I just think, just try it. Like, just go get on a low dose of something and try it. I did that. And I started on top of that because this is really big to me. It's like, I don't feel like you need to be on medication, but if you get on a medication, it's not just, that's not going to solve your problem. It's really like doing a lot of mindset work. And I say that a lot, but I spent a good year, um, really digging into like traumas, past traumas, things that like were, why am I a perfectionist? Why am I have so much anxiety over being the best always? Why am I an overachiever? All these things, right? I had a great childhood. I've been this since like day one, like nine months old. I was like, I'm walking, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, I've just, it's an ingrained personality. But when you have an ingrained personality like that and cause a lot of anxiety because you're never going to be the best. There's always you somebody to, better. Did you just go to therapy or what was the, what was your method of working? On? I did it on my own. I am such a, I'm such a, I'm a reader. So I did a lot of books. I took some courses. Um, I don't know. Have you ever heard of Habit Finder? I, I that sounds familiar. Give us all the resources. What do we need to heal our trauma? <laughs> I think everyone's different. I'm going to say that. But I did a whole course with Habit Finder. It was a six-month course. And it was a course uh-huh. that I honestly hated. I did not like showing up for it. <laughs> it was like, because it questioned. It made me question a lot of things. Uh-huh. And um, I, I spent a lot of time in that six months reading the books that they suggested, showing up for these calls listening to other people's problems because it wasn't just me by myself and realizing like, first of all, I wasn't alone because I felt very alone at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm from a small town. So like, there's a lot of gossip in town. I had lost some really good friends. Oh my God, that's the trauma. (laughs) Trauma going on at the time. Yes. I just spent a lot of time being okay that I was alone and like Mm -hmm. spending a lot of time on me. And I had never done that before. Like I said, I wouldn't cry. Like I, you could, you could say the worst things to me. I was not going to cry. I was not going Mm -hmm. to show an emotion if my life depended on it. So I almost spent like a year working on my emotions. Now I cry at the drop of a hat because (laughs) I learned how to lean into it. But, um, so long story short with that, I did a lot of work on myself and I'm not, I don't, I mean, I think therapists are great. Um, but I'm also, I'm that personality. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out to process. It really is. So back to your question, because that was long, I'm sorry, but basically it just one day I came out of it. It was like, Lauren, I I can tell you the exact moment and it might make me cry. And I hope I I don't hear, I need to hear (laughs) my husband. Um, I was having a really hard time. Like I said, I was in a really, um, small town. I have lost a lot of friends. 
And um, I didn't want to show up on social media anymore. I didn't want to do this job. Mm-hmm. Like, it How was, many followers did you have at the time? Oh, gosh. I think I was, I don't even know. I think 10,000. I had just hit 10,000. Okay. Um, and I remember where I was and I was being talked about and just like rumors uh, ten, about me. 10,000 is a weird number because yeah. you finally feel like you should have made it. But Instagram reach is changing all the time. And for me, it was a moment of like, I'm falling on deaf ears. Like I'm hearing crickets, but I'm at the point where like people look at my following and they're like, that's a lot of people. Yeah. It's like you're in between. Yes. 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 And I just remember like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm serving. Like, what am I here for? Mm -hmm. And um, my husband, I woke up one day and I just remember just being really upset. And I woke up one day and we were still in this little rental Mm -hmm. and he had plastered notes like all over the rental. And it says, you are brave and you are enough. And so like, I still hear you are enough. Yeah. I still hear that you are enough. And I have to hear that over and over because I think we question that even no matter if you're on social media or not, you question that somewhere. I heard something the other day and it was like, you're a 10, but somewhere along the line, someone convinced you you were a two. And that really stuck for me because that's the place I was at. I felt like I was a two. I wasn't offering value. I was worthless in a lot of ways. And I wasn't, I just believed that, right? It's that mindset of believing it. And so I kept those notes up like for months. And I just kept saying that to myself over and over. You're brave. Every time I didn't want to show up, you are brave. You're enough. You can do these things. And I just powered through it. I just kept powering through it and I kept showing up. And the more I showed up, the more I started figuring out who I was talking to. And the more I started like really focusing on that and everything changed. So serving moment. There's my life story. I, I love that because I think that's such a big shift in, I mean, number one, we all have the existential crisis. Like that just is, is an inherent if you're on this, this journey, because there is no job where you have to learn more about yourself than building a business online and learning yes. who you are as the character of your, your Instagram. Yes. Um, but yeah, once, once it clicks into place of this is how I can serve people. This is what people want. And this is how I can learn more about them. You're on a roll. You're on a roll. And I think too, when you have your mindset of when you're focused, not on yourself, but you're focused on how you can serve other people. That's when you see this, this whole, everything opens because you don't, and I have to go back to that world all the time. Like I have to keep reminding myself that because it's when I go to the followers and I complain to you like, Harley, my follower account. And I'm like, Lauren, you could lose 50 K. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, no, when I'm in that mindset, I'm not serving, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not serving. And the whole point of this, in my opinion, is to serve. Because if you're not serving, you're not adding that value. You're not giving right. people, like, I, I don't want to show up for myself. I'm not showing up for myself. I could teach mm-hmm. myself all day long. I'm great right. at talking to myself. But at the same time, it's like, <laughs> what am I, I hear myself to- enough. <laughs> it's not about me. <laughs> I think that's what people miss, even in their reels. Like they're talking to themselves. They're not talking to the person they want to right. talk to. I think we, that mindset is when it changes, when you realize that you're not in this for you, you're in this to help other people. Yes. Change you're not here to show off, you know, no. brag about your life. You're not here no. to, you know, show us how pretty you look. You're here to help others and connect with others. That's what yes. being online is about. 
I feel like, I mean, there's a lot of influencers, right, that make a living doing that, what you're saying. Like, right, they have beautiful homes, they and they make a living doing that. But to me, I wouldn't feel fulfilled. But is that old school? You know, is that what you can grow with now? Because I don't know if it is. I don't either. And you do see some of those really big influencers that did that now kind of pivoting. Yes, I think they have to. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that is the old way of how Instagram used to be and why a lot of people didn't want to be on Instagram. Yes. Why people thought social media was so negative. Yeah. And I think we're just in this, we're in this new age that's so wonderful and so much more positive. Agree. A hundred percent. I love it. I love that you don't have to have this huge fancy home and all the things and you show it off. It's like cribs. You're too young, baby. But you remember the old school cribs? (laughs) I felt like Instagram used to be like that from MTV. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. I thought you were talking about baby cribs. I'm like, I'm I'm not a parent. I don't know. <laughs> cribs, yes, yes. So welcome to my crib. Got it. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. Yes. That's yes. We've we've made it to cribs. <laughs> tell me, tell me, let's wrap this up. What is your biggest piece of advice to someone that is maybe just getting started or maybe hasn't made a full-time income from this platform yet, but really wants to push and make that happen? So the number one thing that I would say, and I actually get this question a lot. I get a lot of girls that come into my DMs and I try really hard to answer them because I remember that girl. I remember being that girl needing help. Um, and my biggest piece of advice is you've got to keep going. I mean, it sounds so simple, but you're not going to see those results right mm-hmm. away. And I think we're in a world right now where it's like, I want instantaneous results. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get it, I'm going to quit and go try something new. And if you're planning to be like that, especially in social selling, if you're planning to be that girl, you're not going to make it. You're not going to, you're just not. And so um, my biggest piece of advice is you have to have resiliency and you have to have tenacity. You have to keep going and fighting. And you ha- and through that, you're going to figure out who you are. And as you figure out who you are, you're going to start growing. And it might be a slower growth. Your journey might not be my like mine. Um, my journey is not going to be like yours. And so that comparison game too is the other thing that I always tell them is like mute, mute accounts. It's Oh okay. my God, yes. You don't need to like, you can, you, you can still follow these people, but like quit looking at right. their content. It doesn't They're have to be a, people. we're not friends anymore. I no. just can't see it on my feed. Well, I can't. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a huge piece because I think especially in Saint, a lot of new girls will start and they like idolize these girls. Yes. So they go and they watch and watch and watch and they immediately go, well, I can't do that. But yes. their content is their content. You can or, Or they say, I'm going to do exactly that. And then it ends really poorly because they are not them. No, no, exactly. And I think the, yeah, you just can't, you can't, you got to mute accounts. I am so big about that. Muting accounts and quit scrolling and looking at those. Like mute them, block them, (laughs) remove them. (laughs) Exactly. Like go find, go find other people. Like I get so much information or inspiration from like, style bloggers or DIY furniture. I don't do that, but like how they're filming, you can get a lot from what they're doing. So go follow other people that give you inspiration and then figure out how you can twist that to your own content. 
Um, and then lastly, the other thing is, is you're going to, you're going to have a long time of zero views. You're going to have a lot mm-hmm. of people not seeing your content. You're going to, I can remember how many lives I went on that no one was ever on. Just keep going. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. I, that's, that's your mic drop moment. That's such, such good advice. And I now feel like I need to have you on just to talk about um, Saint and network marketing and sales and com- building community at the same time. But thank you so much for coming to chat and telling us all about your your experience. I'm so honored you had me. So thank you.